small town music. This is big town music. He's ahead of his time, you know, but he can't use it. If only he could prove it. Well, tomorrow's just a song away, a song away, a song away. Hey everybody, welcome to Rock Solid, the comedy podcast for all things music, both new and classic. I'm Pat Francis. And I'm Kyle Dotson. Kyle joining us once again. He was here for an all Aerosmith episode. Yeah. He's in from Chicago. You know he flies out here to when, when he has to do a hit. <laughs> he's, a, uh, he's here tonight for a, a topic of his choosing. Uh, can I tell the topic, Joe? Please do. Uh, that was Joe Beck, by the way. Yes. And the topic Hello. tonight is we're going to do uh, STP, or better known as Stone Temple Pilots. Stone Temple Pilots. And is it true that their original name, and I'm not making this up, I, I heard that their original name of the band was Shirley Temple's Pussy. That was and they would, kind of a joke. That's the original kind of a name joke? was Mighty okay. Joe Young, and there was a blues artist okay. who there was a copyright infringement there. He had a large monkey. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I apologize so, to my female listeners for the, uh, but that is what I heard their name was. They, you know, there's so much, we'll go into this, there's so much with their history of the band where it just gets muddled and you don't really know what exactly is true in that. Unfortunately, a lot of it gets muddled in the lead singer's drug problems, oh, which we're going to go into as is, well. And where, do, yeah. where does uh, STP rank in, in your favorite bands? It's got to be one of your favorite bands because okay. you wanted to talk yeah, about so it. So the reason I'm back here is... When, <laughs> well, because, <laughs> that, because of that guy out in the valley that had to go down. Well, yeah, that too. Take that but, guy down. Uh, you know, <laughs> what are you going to do about it? But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so uh, you asked me what my favorite band mm -hmm. was. And I kind of froze like Ralphie and Christmas yeah, Story. Yeah. I was like, Whoa! you know, but I mentioned a few of my bands, but I have so many different bands that I love. Mm -hmm. And I was thinking about a few bands that I could do. One is Judas Priest. You guys did a phenomenal. Oh, thank you. Phenomenal with the guys from uh, the guy yeah. from Satan's Nate, Arena. Nate Treese, yeah. Yes, great, yeah. great episode. I think we covered it pretty could, well within yeah. three. We, we, we always get nervous when we throw a, a three and a half hour episode about a single band out there, but you know. But it was Judas Priest, so it was all good. Yeah. yeah. So, I, hope so I was thinking of, you know, a few other bands. Black Sabbath would have been a mess because there's the Ozzy years, the Dio years, and the who Gillen, knows. and then all those guys. Yeah, the Iomi solo, basically. And then uh, the Cult was one of the bands mm -hmm. I was thinking about. Um, King's X, who's ironically playing tonight, but, um, and then Stone Temple Pilots. And the reason I chose Stone Temple Pilots is because yes, they're one of my favorite bands. And lately I've been hearing about how people are lamenting the nineties mm -hmm. and the nineties were great. <laughs> I think the nineties ruled. They, there was a, there, there, I mean, <laughs> well, it's like every decade there's, yeah. there's, you can find great stuff and you can find some crap. Yeah. Okay. So here's, here's my take in the nineties. Um, I, towards the end of the 80s, you know, some of the music I couldn't really identify with, mm -hmm. but then there were bands like The Cult and Jane's Addiction came out, bands like that. Mm -hmm. And there was an alternative thing. Ministry was another band from Chicago. Mm -hmm. And Kyle, was, you like Ministry, right? Um, yeah, I like what I've, what I've heard. All right. Sit back down. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, but uh, as the 90s came into play, you know, Metallica got huge. Yeah. Megadeth came out with a great string of albums, mm -hmm. in my opinion. And Rush started to rock again. Yep. U2 got good. Yes. <laughs> See, I didn't like U2. In the uh, 80s? In the, well, I liked War, but yeah. after that, you know, Josh. But Octung Baby, and that's, that was Bowie. Yeah. You know, and that's the whole thing about the 90s music 
in the Seattle scene, you know, the Seattle scene is basically a throwback to 70s rock, which I really liked, loved. And some assholes in the music industry gave it some shitty, <laughs> you know, grunge uh, tag, which was just awful. But where does that, you, where does that, where does that uh, originate from? I don't know. The clothing. But if you listen, I identified, uh, clothing. Okay. I guess, you know, the, the scene. But I identified with um, Soundgarden's music a hell of a lot more than Bon Jovi's music. Mm-hmm. Because Soundgarden sounded a lot like <clears throat> Sabbath, Zeppelin. Um, you listen to the first Pearl Jam album, Alive, the song Alive. Yeah. That lead is note for note, she from Kiss. And Mike uh, McCready right. even admits that. It admits that? Yeah. Now, I'm not a big Nirvana fan. Love the Foo Fighters. Not a big Nirvana fan. Yeah, but, me neither. But the uh, same way with you. Teen Spirit, if you go back and listen to the 80s death metal, or not death metal, but mm-hmm. black metal band Venom, it's Countess Bathory. <laughs> they ripped it off. And I know that Kurt Cobain listened to that album. <laughs> so it, Everyone's it's, ripping it's, someone off in the music. Yeah, but all of a sudden, it's, you know, they became hip and it was, it was a tag. So anyway, Stone Temple Pilots came out of that scene out of Los Angeles where it seemed like it was Guns N' Roses, then Jane's Addiction. Mm-hmm. Then you had these bands like Tool, yeah. uh, Rage Against the Machine, and STP coming out of L.A. in that, too. Yeah, I think casual and, listeners might think that Stone Temple Pilots are from Seattle also. Like, they're no. lumped in with all that, but they're not. They're actually from San Diego, I think. No, they're from Los Angeles. Okay. They get the San Diego tag because the Dean DeLeo mm-hmm. lived down there and drove up there, and they got them dates playing oh, okay. down there. okay. Yeah, but they were Long Beach, and then they were hanging out here right on Sunset Strip, and uh, that's how the band formed. Wow. So, yeah, I, I, I like anything. I like all types of rock music, mm-hmm. you know, anything that's rock and anything that rocks, I love. So that's, And you've been, when you visit out here, you've been down to the Sunset Strip. Oh, many times, It's yes. so cool yeah. to just drive down and go, yeah. oh, there's the whiskey, the Roxy, the rainbow, and to just try to now imagine have, in my head. Now they have the Lemmy statue. Yeah, the Lemmy statue. Yes. Just yeah. to try to imagine in my head what that must have been like, like in... 80, 81, 82, 83, 84, like when the hair metal bands were there. And then in the early 90s when, you know, bands like Stone Temple Pilots came into being. That that must have been crazy down there. Yeah. Like it must have been a party down there every night. That's what I imagine it being. I know. Yeah. Just girls and guys with as much makeup on as the girls. (laughs) Exactly. Now, I never visited it. I I didn't visit till, you know, the early mid-90s, but yeah. Now, before before we get too deep into it, Kyle, we need to we need to throw it over to the booth so we can hear West Anthony tell us a little bit about the Shure SM7B microphones. West, you ready? This episode of the Rock Solid Podcast is brought to you by Shure, the company behind some of the world's most iconic microphones, earphones, and audio products, including the legendary SM7B mic that we use to record Rock Solid. The SM7B offers perfect response for music and speech in all professional audio applications. Used to record Michael Jackson's Thriller album, engineers and artists continue to choose the SM7B for warm and rich vocals. And it also shines on just about anything you put through it, such as guitar, bass, kick drum, horns, and even as a hi-hat mic. For 93 years, Shure has been the go-to company for roadworthy superior sound. Every member of the Rock Solid Podcast is proud to use the SM7B microphone because we care about bringing our listeners the best sound possible. Now, you played well with that. There were no bells and whistles on that one tonight, West. Yeah, well, he was alone. You just said, throw it to West in the booth, so. You can can, do the bells and whistles next time. I can find it immediately. You're the producer. You're the producer. 
<laughs> All right, let's get into it. Uh, so Stone Temple Pilots is, uh, is are they above Aerosmith? No, Aerosmith? no, no, okay. no. no. With the first four Aerosmiths <laughs> albums are the greatest rock and roll ever made. But Stone Temple Pilots could possibly break into my top 10. One of their albums definitely is in my top 10 of all time. Okay. We'll cover that. And before I forget, I do have the, I do have copies, CD copies of the first four Stone Temple Pilot albums. So, uh, the first person to email me and tell me who produced those albums, uh, I will send those to you, all five of them. And it's a uh, rock solid podcast at gmail.com. I'm what, very what, confused because you what, said the first four albums and then you said you'll send them all five. I have the first five is what I meant to say. <laughs> I have the first five. So, now, uh, now are you a fan? Am I a fan of Stone Temple yes. Pilots? I, I like them more than the other bands that were termed grunge because I think that they do much more than those bands do. I think their music is way more varied than the other bands. Like I find them to, they, they, do, they do like uh, some psychedelic stuff and some pop stuff and just some straight ahead rock. And then they do do stuff that you could grunge if you want to call it that. So I do find that they're uh, uh, much more well-rounded and do a, a lot more stuff. Well, you hit the nail on the head there because they have such a diversified musical background and they're great. It's a great musical band. Yeah. You know, have the DeLeo brothers are the greatest rock brothers since the Van Halen brothers. You know, you have a, you have a fantastic bassist. You have I'm trying a, to think if there's any brothers since then. We have Malcolm <laughs> and Angus, but then they're before Van Halen. Right. Ray and Dave, Dave Davies, they're before that. So, yeah, 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 okay. And so the guitar, Dean DeLeo, looks like a combination of Jimmy Page and Freddie Mercury. He does look, he always reminded me of Freddie Mercury, I guess, yeah. to be honest. Yeah. I don't know if that's a compliment to him, but maybe. But he has a Jimmy Page look, too, yeah. and a style to his play. And Robert is influenced by all different types of music. And Eric Kretz is just a fantastic drummer. Just keeps and he's drumming. the guy that just gets like that just gets lost in the shuffle right. because you're because the DeLeo brothers are known as the DeLeo brothers. Yes, and then Scott Weiland. I mean, everyone knows him good for good reasons and for bad. And so then the drummer, it'd be like, and the drummer. Yeah, you know. But know. Uh, yeah, that guy's great. And these albums are recorded so great. They sound so great. Uh, even the 2010 comeback album. That sounds phenomenal, that album. Well, there's one album that doesn't sound great. We're going to touch on that. Okay. All right. Uh, <laughs> all right. Uh, we each got uh, two songs from yes. uh, each album. Um, I got uh, another little sneaky thing in there. You told me you might have some other little things that yes. you might play. Yeah. So uh, I will defer to you. I don't know if we have crossovers or not. Okay. If we don't have crossovers, we get to hear more music. All right. So let's, let's get into it. Sounds Stone good. Temple Pilots. And again, Scott Weiland. Dean DeLeo, Robert DeLeo, and, Eric Kretz. and, and the drummer. Yes. And Eric Kretz. I yes. saw him at the airport once. Really? No, no one was bothering me at all, but I'm good with faces. I'm like, that's, who's that? There? Oh, that's the drummer from Stone you know, Temple Pilots. I, I kind of would, in that situation, I, maybe I'd like to be him. Yeah, uh, away exactly. Because from all the drama. Yeah. Yep, no one's, yeah. yeah, yeah. There's, and they're, with, with the, those three guys caught up in drugs or anything, or they just... You know, it, I don't know about the other guys, but, mm -hmm. you know, everyone knows about Scott Wayland, mm -hmm. and it's, it's really unfortunate. I mean, here's a guy who looks like a rock and roll Clint Eastwood. Yep. Should be a bonafide rock star. People yep. talk about why rock is dead. Mm -hmm. He's one of the reasons. It's such a tragedy. It is a tragedy. Yeah. He, I mean, he looks great. He sounds great. And he sings... He sing, can sing all different yes. styles. He can sing all different... I can't think of words tonight. All different ways. genres. Genres. Yeah, yes. he's fantastic. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Let's start it out with uh, 
with uh, something from uh, from the first album. Core sex type thing. Great song. Yeah, I love, Dean DeLeo does it a lot. He does that muting on the string, and he does that with quite a, with quite a few songs. I forget, so cool. do you play guitar? I play a little guitar. So I do you not know, play well. But you know, you know more uh, guitar tech stuff than I know, yes. obviously. Yeah. Now, the Stone Temple Pilots don't have um, what you call like uh, top 10 singles in the Billboard chart. They, 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 have, they have like rock-oriented True. Stuff. Yeah. So nothing really in the, as I'm looking, nothing in the Billboard Top 10. And yet, this album, Core, sells 8 million copies. Yes. Eight times platinum, their first time out. And I That's thought- That's incredible. And I thought it was just pretty good. So I didn't become a huge fan. Oh, yeah, okay. You know, I'll tell you when I became a huge fan. Kyle, so. you want to talk about that album cover art for Core? Oh, yeah, this should be. <laughs> yeah, I actually don't mind this album cover art, surprisingly. You would think I would hate this. Tell us what it's like. Tell, describe it for the listener. It's uh, like an out-of-focus photo of uh, a woman holding an apple, I believe, but it's like as big as her mm-hmm. uh, in front of like a dead tree, and that's all in red. Mm-hmm. And then it just says Stone Temple Pilots, like a, <laughs> it's like a street sign. I know, it is kind of like. Yeah. Right? yeah, all right. But I, but I don't mind it. All right, cool. Well, this I thought, wasn't... see, I thought you, I, I think that this is one of the worst <laughs> bands for album cover artwork. I thought you'd just be merciful. merciful. Well, we have a couple more. He could, don't look, <laughs> okay. don't look too no, far I, ahead. Okay. Don't look too far ahead. <laughs> also, it, this wasn't certified eight times platinum until December 2001. Still. But I'm just saying. Right. Eight, eight times platinum. I know. That's eight crazy. million yeah. copies of this. Crazy. All right. Uh, my first song off of core is Naked Sunday. Naked Sunday. Okay. Oh, <laughs> I picked that because I just think it sounds different from what people might remember uh, from the, the well-known songs from right. the core. Yeah. So. Good choice. Thank you. Yeah. All right. So my next song, it was Dean DeLeo screwing around with some ragtime riffs. And also it's the first, one of the first songs I could really nail, you know, on a guitar. And I really felt like I accomplished something. So I'm going with plush. Plush. 
My wife tonight, she said, Stone Temple Pilots, I don't think I know who Stone Temple Pilots are. And I said, oh, okay, come here. And then I just clicked on like all, all the well-known songs and just played like, you know, like 20 seconds of each. And she's like, oh yeah, I know. I yeah. know who this band is. Okay. And, uh, and they, have a gr- they have a fantastic greatest hits package. I yes. Mean, if you're a casual fan, that's got... And it's got a great <clears throat> original song in there that we're going to touch on Talk, talk yeah, about that later. Uh, these albums produced by Brendan O'Brien. Yes. Who's worked with Springsteen and Pearl Jam, Pearl Jam. and Rage Against the Machine? Yeah, tons yeah. of people. Yeah, great yeah. producers. So they they got hooked up uh, immediately by Atlantic Records with a good producer. And let's hear my next song, which is and uh, the play out song that I'm going to play tonight is uh, is also from this album. And you guys can figure out what that might be. But this one's called Cracker Man. They do a lot of that uh, uh, vocal effects sometimes. Yeah, he yeah. he did that a lot. He what, uses a, he used a megaphone. Megaphone and singing, singing, singing. He the did it with Velvet Revolver as well. Yeah. yeah, another great band. I yes. love those two Velvet Revolver albums. Oh yeah, and you you and you had asked me if we would play songs from that tonight, but I'm uh, in the process of getting Matt Sorum on the show, so I couldn't. Awesome. I couldn't uh, waste those with with Joe Becht. No, Matt, no. Matt, we Matt Matt's huge. He's right. a great drummer. Yeah. He's a killer drummer. Lots of, lots of stories. Great bands. Yeah. Played in the cult. Yes. Yeah. Uh, what's that? What's that? The cult album he's on? The Good, the, what's it called? Oh, I forget. I forget. But yeah, and he toured with them for years. Yes. Yeah. Um, and Guns N' Roses. And Guns N' Roses. Yeah. I don't know why he's not playing drums in Guns N' Roses I right now. doesn't like him. <laughs> he doesn't like a good drummer? <laughs> I guess not. I yeah. must not like anyone yeah. that doesn't put up with Axel's bullshit. I think that's, yeah. you nailed it there. He played on Beyond Good and Evil. Thank you. Mm-hmm. I was close. I said Good and Evil, didn't I? Yeah. Oh, I didn't know. I thought oh. you were just like, he's Beyond played on, uh, yeah. I don't know. Well, maybe I did say that. Okay. All right. The next album is uh, Purple. Right. Kyle, you want to chat about that album cover a little bit? <laughs> right, so I got the story on this, though. Yeah, this one's awful. <laughs> And it doesn't make any, the album's called Purple. No, that, apparently. It doesn't read Purple or anything. Apparently, this was the packaging for the heroin that he received. That's what it says in his book. Oh, really? Yeah, so this is, this is what perturbs me a lot about the band, is that, Scott, you think these lyrics are really deep, mm-hmm. and now between Core and Purple, Scott gets hooked on the heavy stuff, and most of these songs are written about heroin addiction, and I thought it would be have more meaning to them, but in the interim, uh, between Core and Purple, they come out with the big empty for the soundtrack for The Crow. Mm-hmm. So I, I'm really getting the plush because I can play it on guitar. Then the, the big empty comes out with mm-hmm. the slide guitar. And I'm like, this is really good. Yeah. Then I hear Purple. 
This is one of my top albums of all time. Of all time. They yes, they've they took every type of rock music that I like, Zeppelin, punk, uh, anything, and just melded it together, and it's brilliant. It's from start to beginning. I can listen to it. Um, absolutely love this album, and I think they were poised to become the next Led Zeppelin, in my opinion. After this album, and Scott is the main lyricist. He on this album, he's, he's lyrics are all by Scott Weiland. No, right, none of the other guys yeah. contribute to the lyrics. So, what do you got for us? Okay, my first song is um, oh, Vaseline. Yeah, flies in the Vaseline. such a great groove i mean it's yeah. such a great tune yes yeah i love Definitely. that song yeah and uh this album goes six times platinum yes still amazing yeah you know the, it's just it's unbelievable and two years this was released two years after core and i'm gonna go with one of the songs that people know this is interstate love song Again, this was produced by Brendan O'Brien. And Brendan O'Brien must be a gazillionaire. He must have so many gold and platinum albums hanging up at his house. And I just want to run through, again, a list of people that he's produced. Pearl Jam, Stone Temple Pilots, Bruce Springsteen, ACDC, Incubus, Rage Against the Machine, Red Hot Chili Peppers. Uh, sorry, Kyle, but Train, Audio Slave, <laughs> Bob Dylan, Neil Young, Kansas, The Black Crows, Aerosmith. Uh, the Offspring, Corn, The Killers, it's it's crazy. And it's he's supposed to be crazy. a phenomenal guitarist too. I heard the bass player from Rage Against Machine in an interview. He said he just he picked up a twelve string guitar and just went into uh, Song Remains the same note for note, and just they were like all blown away. That's insane. Like it was nothing. Yeah. Um, the song you picked, uh, Interstate Love Song. They, I'm convinced they ripped off Jim Croce's. Uh, that once I, I'm blanking on the name of the song. I can't think. I don't yeah, know. But it'll it, come it, to you. It, you'll, you'll, yeah, it'll come to you. But um, they even take some Jim Croce in that album. My next song. Hold on one second. Sure. I'm not, I'm not going to edit this part out, listeners, because that'll be a hassle. But I'm going to unplug and plug back in. Do you hear that hum? Yeah. Okay. Still there. Well, now I've pointed it out to everyone, so enjoy it. <laughs> I don't think it's recording. It's though. just in our headphones. I think it's we just can in hear our it. headphones. No, I think right. it's this this wire. That wire. I need a new wire. Then is that what I need? I'm not taking any yeah. of this out. 
that we're okay. All right, what's your next song from uh, Purple, Joe? Okay, this song is one of my favorite songs of all time. There's certain times in my life where I just like, I, I was like in a, just in a great place. And I was doing a delivery from Chicago down to Bloomington, Illinois. The weather was perfect. I had the windows open and this song came on. It's called Still Remains. It's very Zeppelin-esque and I absolutely love it. This album came out in June 1994. We're, we're playing music that's a quarter of almost a quarter century and old. That's crazy. That is crazy yeah. that this album came out 24 years ago. Yeah. Uh, did you get to see Stone Temple Pilots with Scott Weiland? Yes, three times. Oh, that's good. What, yes. what tours? Uh, on this tour okay. at the UIC Pavilion. Okay. Then I saw them. They did a co-headline with Red Hot Chili Peppers during the four album. Okay. Who closed out? Who Red closed Hot the Chili show? Peppers. Okay. But I left halfway through their set. All right. Yeah, and then I saw them at South by Southwest, which was awesome in 2010 when wow. they right when they released their 2010 so, their self-titled, self-titled yeah. which they have two self-titled albums. We'll right, get we'll into talk that about later. that. Yeah, um, that's great. And where and yeah. was Scott um, was Scott um, in good health when you saw these shows? You know, it, it, it's could you tell? I couldn't really tell. the The big significant thing is when I saw them on the Purple tour, he seemed heavier and bulkier mm-hmm. then all of a sudden he took this transformation where he looked like bowie and yeah, got he got extremely really super skinny. skinny yeah so he looked like a totally different person hmm. you know over the, over that time frame and maybe that was just the drugs yeah. were doing now when i saw them at south by southwest he was very he put on a great show on that same tour he played in chicago i didn't see that show mm-hmm. but it's it's well documented it's on youtube there's a dvd and he think he's half in the bag yeah. you know he's he's drunk on it okay at least yeah, so it comes out. Half the show doesn't sound that great. And they actually released that on a DVD. Wow, that's yeah. odd, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. All right. Uh, my next song from Purple is Unglued. Now, before we jump into the the next album that comes out uh, in 1996, I do want to play a, a song that they recorded for a Led Zeppelin tribute album. Yes. And this is Stone Temple Pilots doing Dancing Days. Awesome. Dancing Days. 
Voices there. Exactly. It sounds, yeah. it sounds totally different from the songs we've played so far. Right. Yeah. Really good tune. I really love. You know, back, going back to that acoustic on Purple, there's a song called Pretty Penny, and it sounds like one. Of I the almost picked Pretty Penny. Yeah, it's 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 like a one of the best Beatles songs that the Beatles never made. Right. Just I love that song. Again, though, about drugs. You think it would have some meaning about love or something, and yeah. It's about drugs. It's about drugs. It's about yeah. his love for yeah. drugs. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Is that what yeah. it says? Yeah. <laughs> you just you just making up stuff. Like yeah, that? it's right. improvising. I appreciate it. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I think you pretty much nailed it, though. Yeah. All right. Here we go. This is this is an album. The next album. I, I hate a super long album title like this. Tiny. Music. Tiny music. Dot dot dot. Yeah. Songs from the Vatican. Vatican. And it absolutely Gift sucks. Shot. The, what, the title or the album? The album, the you title. You don't like the album no, at all? It's terrible. Okay. I, I bought this. Here, here's, here's a band that I'm really into. I'm thinking, all right, they're the next Led Zeppelin, and they come out with this piece of crap. It sounds like it's... And Brendan O'Brien, I don't know what he's doing, but it yeah. sounds like it's recorded in a soup can, and Scott Weiland does not sound like Scott Weiland. There's one great song on it, and I'm going to pick it. You might... It might be a crossover. Did you only pick one song from I this album? I picked two songs. Okay. It had a hard time, but the one great song I picked. And, and the drummer, Eric Kretz, wrote the song. All right, let's hear it. That was uh, tripping on a hole. Yeah, another long title. In a paper heart. Right. Yeah. One of my favorite guitar solos of all time. There. Did so. we get to, to? Did we miss it? No, we started. That from was there. It. Yeah, right from was the, it. Yeah. And um, this album has two instrumentals on it, and I don't need that no. from my Stone yeah. Temple right. Pilots. Yeah. So uh, the song I picked, and now that I know you hate this album, you're probably not going to like any of the songs. But I do like. Uh, I, this was a single. I do like Big Bang Baby. Crossover. Yeah. So we're good. I got a picture of a photograph of a wedding in a shell. It's just a burning inch of memory. I never kiss and tell. So Yeah, that's Jumpin' Jack Flash there ripping off right there. True. You know? Yeah. Um, it, is, it is sad when you love a band and they release an album that 
you just don't like. It's so yeah, disappointing. This is, it, we, when we on the Aerosmith, we touched about draw, touched on draw the line following yeah, rocks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, this is a hell of a lot worse. Yeah, yeah. This was just so disappointing. Now, do you ever go back to this album and go, you know what? Let me give it a try. Give just it. to listen to tripping a hole. Um, but you'll never, you've never listened from start to finish. No, I yet. can't do it. The, the production, I don't understand what they were trying to accomplish. Mm-hmm. I've read a few articles. Again, it's hard to really piece together their history. I've read Scott Weiland's book. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you do, you know, Wikipedia and everything. I don't know what they were trying to accomplish here. I know that he had severe drug problems at this point, and now, now it was becoming newsworthy, where yeah. he was arrested a few miles from here with Courtney Love, and, I mean... Yeah, that's, I mean... Prison, and... He just never got it together, no, did he? He no. just never got it... No, I mean, and, you know, the typical, I'm clean, and then he's back on drugs again, yeah. I'm clean again, back on drugs again, and we know the end result. If we but, if he would have kept it together, he probably could have juggled uh, Velvet Revolver and STP. He probably could have done both of those bands. Well, he wanted to do that, but it just fell apart. And maybe you can talk to Matt about that when he comes in. Yeah, we'll see how forthcoming there. Matt will be. Yeah, yeah. I, th- I think he's probably seems like he might be a pretty honest guy. So now, so now after this album, it's really weird. You don't know if they really broke up mm-hmm. or if they're just on a hiatus. Yeah. At the time, I thought for sure they broke up, and. The DeLeo brothers and Eric Kretz get a singer from an unknown band named David Kautz, and they release a album called now, Talk Show. Can I play? Can yeah. I play my? I have one more song from Tiny Music. Oh, go ahead. Yes, okay. I'm sorry. That's okay. And, and this album also, yeah. this album only sells two million, so they've gone from eight million to six million to two million. Right. But that could be the fickle record buying public, and not so much the quality of the music. Although Joe would say that it's because this album's no. Yeah. Good. Yeah, we'll go play your song and we'll go in more in the. All right, um, uh, this is Ride the Cliche. Now that you pointed it out about the production, now I can I can hear it. It's a little it's a little. Yeah, I put it on. I was muddy. Like, is there something wrong with my stereo? Is, did they have a new singer? I just I just didn't get it. What do you think of the album cover? Oh, it's it doesn't match with the. If it was just like Tiny Music songs from the gift shop, it would be okay because it like kind of it's like oh it's tacky and whatever. But it's from the Vatican gift shop, so and it then, doesn't really. And then that folds out. It folds out into a giant. Post, like you see everything that's around uh, oh. the girl that's on the cover now, but yeah, um, it was that cliche song supposed to have just ripped off everything because the beginning I was like, this really sounds like Killing in the Name, but then they started singing Tiny Dancer, so I was like, oh, maybe that's the point. I, I just like know. the I just like the groove on that one. I don't listen yeah. to this album that much either, to be honest. Yeah. Well, all right. So you so, want to talk about talk show? Yeah, but before talk show, so back to. Scott, the, the, the state of the band, they were supposed to open up for Kiss on the Psycho Circus tour, and that was canceled because of his drug problems. So they're, they're, I don't know. I, I took it at the time that the band broke up. Yeah. Now you look in, in hindsight, it says they just took a hiatus. 
but I think they probably the three, did break up. Yeah. Well, and, Scott released two solo albums that I couldn't get into, and then Talk Show came out with a unknown singer, and it had a pretty couple good songs. I actually like the Talk So uh, Talk Show album better than Tiny Music. I don't know how to say the singer's name. Dave Coots. Coots. Yeah. Where did he come? Well, I don't know anything about him. He didn't. Some unknown band. I. I have it down, but I forget. And that guy was probably like, I'm working with Stone Temple Pilots. This right. is going to be, this is it. This is my breakthrough. And it, it flopped. And nothing, yeah. yeah. No. Oh. So yeah, you have yeah, the, talk Hello, hello. Looks like uh, Eric Kretz wrote a lot of lyrics for this album. Yes, this looks like a. Uh, this really looks like a, a band. They all writing the songs together. So I always find it interesting. Why, why do some bands get a new singer and call it a new band, and some keep the name? Like, why didn't they just call that album Stone Temple Pilots? Yes. Yeah, I guess they just wanted to. Maybe maybe they didn't want to um, fracture what that is. Like I know that uh, that Steve Perry wishes that the guys would have moved on and not called it Journey. Journey. Sorry, yeah. Steve, but. Um, <laughs> Maybe they wanted to leave the door open for more Stone Temple Pilots. This Dave Coots was from a band called Ten Inch Men. Exactly. I don't think he think they had a release. Mm -hmm. hmm. Yeah. And um, I couldn't even find out who produced uh, the talk show album. I think Brendan O'Brien did it. Did he? I believe so. All right. Yeah. All right. Let's move on to a much better album than the yes. than the previous album for yes. Stone Temple Pilots. Uh, and I I really as simple as it is, I really like this album cover. What do you think, Kyle? Yeah, it's cool. It's kind of like the, it's, no, it's called number four, so it kind of looks like a Chanel yeah. bottle with the <laughs> with the logo at the bottom, but then with the star in the middle. Yeah, yeah it's, it's cool. Uh, yeah, it's it's yeah. simple, but it uh, it jumps out at you. It's uh, black and white, Stone Temple Pilots, and number four, and Brendan O'Brien. So, what song do you have for us? Uh, Pruno. What does Pruno mean? Couldn't tell you. Made up word. Yeah. <laughs> Just sounds better. It's a much better sounding yes. album. You're right. Yeah. yeah. Uh, my first song is track two, Heaven and Hot Rods. 
This album sells a million copies, so they're still yeah. platinum recording artists. Right. Yeah. Seven years into their um into their career. This is ninety-nine. Yeah, it was looked at as a comeback album. Yes, it was yeah. And they but they had to delay touring again because they had to do another stint in rehab. And then they did the Koha headliner with uh, Red Hat Chili Peppers. Can you imagine how frustrating it must be it would, to be yeah. in a band? Like like yeah. the doors with Jim Morrison back in that, you know. Right. I mean it, it must be so frustrating. I know. You tear your hair Because, like, the, the singer really, I mean, it doesn't matter. How, I'm sorry. It doesn't matter how great the band is. The singer holds almost all the cards in his hand. Right. Because he's the recognizable face. He's the recognizable voice. Yes. I mean, now he's becoming recognizable for all the wrong for reasons. For all the wrong reasons. Right. When and he that, has the chance to become a superstar. I mean, how many times and, were they at their houses at night and they get the phone call, oh, what the fucking Scott do now? Right. And probably the hurt the band's reputation. His reputation probably hurt the band's reputation. Well, well yeah, because it hurts. Yeah. It, who wants to put money into booking them at venues and stuff mm-hmm. if if maybe the show's not going to happen? Or oh, happen. I meant with fans too. Like people oh, yeah, just well, like, sure. oh, you listen to that drug band? Like, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, I don't know anyone who says I love I love that band because the guys on heroin. Like, no one ever says that. <laughs> I lo- I love them because they do drugs. That's why I like that band. I mean, no one ever says that. Yeah. When do people no never people don't learn learn from drugs the singers the rock people what I know <laughs> hi I'm on drugs although I do th- sometimes I th- do think certain bands reach that where it's a perfect cocktail mm-hmm. like Aerosmith had that you know they were they they met that that uh, perfect cocktail of drugs where they were brilliant then they went too far <laughs> they went too far and yeah, draw the same line thing with the, same thing with the Stones yeah you know they they had those great releases in the 70s then it went a little too far people they, everyone yeah. wants to overdo it <laughs> yeah you know it's, it's just that peak it's just like you get right. that perfect but then then it never it never lasts because then you have to take more to keep getting to that high and then that's when you get right. I, I always compare everyone with, with Springsteen because Springsteen looks so fabulous at, at an older age he yes. still looks really fit and healthy and you know at the end of the show he probably has a couple of beers and that's it that's good yeah. enough for him yeah. the show is the high for him i yes. really believe that it is yeah yeah and uh why can't that be enough i know i know i, I mean I, that should be you're you're being able to make money from the art you're creating and having people pay to see you and selling out venues right that should be the high yes there shouldn't there shouldn't be anything better than that i agree I totally agree. I think of Steve Clark and Def Leppard too when he passed away. Yeah. I mean, here's a guy you're you're making millions of dollars doing something you love. Yeah. And you drink and drug yourself to death. I just drink drunk yeah. drank himself to death. Yeah. Yeah. That's just so sad. I know. I guess he I mean, yeah. I think I think they tried to I don't know I don't know what the guys in Stone Temple Pilots were if they were I'm sure they were trying to help him. They were friends, right? They were 
They were, well, were they friends? So, so Robert and Scott met each other in Long Beach mm-hmm. and became friends and yeah. then worked across the street from each other on the Sunset Strip and struck up that friendship. And yeah. then Robert said, my brother's a really good guitar player. Dean was like managing, he had a great job. He gave, he really rolled the dice on his career because mm-hmm. he was making great money. He had a wife, was yeah. living down in San Diego and he joined this band. And then they picked up Eric Kretz in the, in the meantime too and, and it came from there. So yeah, they started it as friends, but it, it became, you know, it becomes a business and then tensions yeah. mount and then you, know, you have the drugs and the personal problems and uh, that's what happens with most bands. I bet, yeah. uh, I bet that when he gave up that job and then he became successful, the wife was probably cool with it. But then when Scott was <laughs> being an awful person, she was probably like, oh, I wish he would have just stayed at the accounting firm. Yeah, <laughs> you know what right, I mean? right, yeah. Uh, okay, we're moving to Shangri-La. Wait, I got, oh, yeah, well, I got, hi. So talk about, I'm going to talk about my next song on number four is Sour Girl. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. No, and that's about Scott's first wife. I have another song too. Yeah. So stupid. And uh, it was the single off the album. Looking at she was a happy girl when she left me. What would you do? Buffy the Vampire Slayer, right? Yeah, she's in this video. <laughs> yeah. I had to, some of the music didn't copy over. I don't know why, but oh, really? So you what? You played that? Um, that was from uh, the the YouTube. Would you say you know uh, the whole the band's whole discography is in here? Oh, okay, you, you cool. So it. I'll just look it up. Yeah. Then. Cool. All right, my next song is Sex and Violence. the DeLeo brothers need to write a book. Yeah, that would be interesting. Yeah, I, like, I, I think Michael Anthony from Van Halen needs to write a book because yes. he was there for everything. Yeah. I mean, he would have a really, I would love his perspective and I, I would actually think that he would be, that would be a truthful perspective. I agree. Yeah, it, it wouldn't be any of the drama. He was, he, he, yeah. he witnessed everything. He was just yeah. soaking it all in. But the thing about him, I also think that he's like, that's in the past. I just like to do what I do, and I, I, I still make money off that music, and I'm cool. Right. You know what I mean? I think he's a happy-go-lucky guy, too. Yeah, but, but he took a lot of crap from those guys. He sure did. Took a lot of cuts and salaries and yeah. royalties. And they, when, when they re-released uh, Jump, when they remastered it, uh, they took his name off three right. of the songs. Yeah, I know. Took his name off Jump, <laughs> yeah. Hot for Teacher, and, um, and Panama. Yeah. They're just really nice guys. Yeah, 
a bunch of dicks. And I, I get it. Probably, <laughs> I've said this before, Van Halen, when they started out, I, I, I always, first of all, I always hate when Eddie says, Mike was a horrible bass player. Really? Then why didn't you get rid of him in 1978? Right. Because there probably was a big pool of bass players you could have chosen from. Yeah. And then when they got the recording contract, they probably all decided, hey, we'll have shared writing credit. Exactly. And hey, look, that's, sorry guys, that's what you decided that you would do. Yeah. Also, I don't believe, I've said this a million times, I don't understand how songwriting works because I don't believe, did like when, when a song's credited to Perry and Tyler and Perry, did, not to Tyler Perry, but to Joe Perry and Steven Tyler, <laughs> did they did they write the drum part and did they come up with no, the I know, bass exactly. part? No, I know, exactly. Yeah, or like, here, here, like Dr. Love, right? You know, Gene Simmons wrote the song. Yeah. But it is nothing without Ace Frehley's guitar solo. Yeah, it's so I, integral to that song, he should get a writing credit. Yeah, I don't understand yeah. how you cannot give those guys a writing credit. Yeah. Another they, thing that drives me crazy about Eddie Van Halen, I, I think it's total bullshit when he says that I listen to Cream and then I didn't listen to anything else. Yeah. And then I listened to Peter Gabriel. Gabriel so I've never listened. There's he listened to everything. He's influenced yeah. by everyone. Because I'm just they, like I, I have a bootleg of them playing in the Sunset Strip, and he's ripping off an Ace Freely lead. Yeah. So, it's, yeah. I just find I find that I don't believe that Eddie Van Halen loves music. Because if he did, he would be creating music. He'd be doing he'd be doing solo instrumental albums. You know, like Satriani and Steve Vai do. Right. I mean, he can tell me in all the articles that he's got 2,000 songs written up in his 5150 studio, but who gives a shit if no one's ever going to hear it? Exactly. And is it a fully formed song, or is it a bunch of noodling on some cassettes? Yeah. With a, that he Did uses you see they released the, they released the vault. As a, it was on a memory stick. I didn't want to buy it. it. It was $200, and it's just them noodling in the studio. That was, Van Halen? Yeah, it was a Van Halen vault. Not the Gene Simmons uh -huh, vault. Okay. That, we can go into that later. But uh, yeah. Yeah, it was just them noodling. It, it looked like they were rehearsing for the new tour because the little clip I saw, they were mm -hmm. banging away on um, every anybody. Everybody wants them, kind of like that with with uh, yeah. with uh, Wolfgang on bass. Yeah. yeah, Van Halen's yeah. done, right? I don't know. I don't know I, what they would do next. I mean, they had just had the 40th anniversary of their first album. They didn't do anything. They didn't do a thing. Yeah, I know. And their their yeah. catalog is it's you know it's there's no bonus tracks there's no live I mean, stuff. It's I just, would I would pay for them to get Gary Sharon back and play both catalogs. I would pay yeah. for them to find yeah. a singer that they actually get along with and like that could sing yeah. both catalogs. Yeah, exactly. And, and go out. Yeah. But I mean, I just don't. They're, I don't know if I want to see him with Roth again. I mean, I saw him three times with Roth, and and I love that album. Yeah, I love that album too. Yeah, but oh. He's just not a good live singer. No, and he can't do any of the moves anymore. Yeah. Yeah, yeah and I mean, and, and Sammy, I think Sammy would do it, but he will only do it if they'll bring Mike along, and I don't think they want to bring Mike along. Right, yeah. So, and Sammy doesn't need to do it. That guy's a gazillionaire. Exactly, yeah. So, all right. I know. Uh, moving on to, do you have another song from four? We, no, that was talking it. so much that I forget. Everything right. leads back to Kiss and Van Halen, it seems, and Aerosmith. It, it, it kind of really <laughs> yeah, did. Yeah. You, know, you know what? I do, like, uh, I do like that Kiss wanted to bring uh, Stone Temple Pilots out. They're not afraid to bring no. bands out, you know, because you would think like, like Stone Temple Pilots fans would be like, Kiss can't follow them, but you know, you put makeup on and blow up some stuff. You can follow anything. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, Kiss had a lot of great opening bands. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, they did. And yeah. Kiss, um, yeah, they did. Like if you see all those old posters, it'd be like Rush was opening for Kiss and right. all I kinds saw Judas of Priest. The first tour was the Dynasty tour. They saw Judas Priest open up for him. Kiss yeah. seemed to, no matter, even when they first started out, it seemed like they were the headliner. Yes. 
Yeah. We're not going to be anything but the headline. Exactly. That was their mentality. More power to them. Exactly. It worked. Yeah, I know. I know. (laughs) We're still talking about them. Exactly. Uh, Shangri-La Dida. How do you like this album? I love this album. I love about half this album, and and then it kind of becomes filler after that. Okay. But there's some really good songs, and one of the reasons is um, one of the songs uh, Dean DeLeo wrote before Purple. And he, he held it in his pocket for this album. And I think that's one of the reasons it's a great song. The first song I chose is Coma. Okay. Kyle, what do you think about this album cover? Um, let me look at it a little. It's weird because it doesn't say the band name on it. I don't think it says the name of the album on it. It's yeah, very it's confusing. Like a, yeah. Orange. Yeah, I, I guess from far away, I thought it was like a just like a woman and that was her hair, but it's like she's looking through a Muppet. This might have <laughs> like this, a wheat field or something. This might have been one of those cases where uh, you know the um, on the jewel case where the the spine can be clear on the front. Oh, I think that's probably where it said probably. Stone Temple Pilots in the title of the album. But and uh, is that their like logo now? No, I don't know what that is. It's like a like a three leaf clover or something. It's like a wilting plant. Yeah, it's not. Um, it's not. It looks like clip art. It's not horrible, but it's not great. And I I, I always think you got to have your name on the album, guys. Come yeah, on. no, I agree. Yeah. yeah, and it didn't sell well. It, it kind of flopped. What's this? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. I think it's a Prince album. I, exactly. <laughs> yeah, this uh, this album with it. This let me find if I can find out some sales figures. It went gold. Right. You know, if a yeah. band, if a new band sold half a million copies now, they'd now be it's the, huge. top of the world. Right. It's huge. But uh, I do like. Uh, it was one of the singles. I do like Days of the Week. Because I didn't even know this was Stone Temple Pilots when I heard this on the radio until they said. That was the new Stone Temple Pilots. I was okay. like, what? that song let's say a lot of oh yeah great poppy song. song yes so my next song is hollywood bitch and this is the song that he wrote between core and purple and held on to it for until 2001 and this is a crossover because i had this song okay. too right. great tune
so that was uh, released in 2001. And after this, now we're in Stone Temple Pilots Limbo. Right. What do the DeLeo guys do? What are, so, what are those guys? Well, to? obviously, Scott joins Velvet Revolver. Right. They become huge. They do. Um, great live. I don't know if you saw them. I, saw, I never I did. I saw them on both tours. It was a mixture of Stone Temple Pilots songs, uh, Guns N' Roses mm-hmm. songs. And, and then their Velvet songs. And they also played Wish You Were Here by Pink Floyd. Very cool. Um, the DeLeo brothers tried to do a super group called Army of Anyone. I picked the song because they have won. It's a fantastic song okay. called Goodbye. It's uh, with the drummer from Korn. I don't know why they didn't have Eric uh, involved in this, but yeah. they decided to get And he, he kills it on this album. And then everybody's favorite douchebag from the... <laughs> from the uh, what is that the hired gun movie yeah yeah the guy from filter uh robert patrick uh, yeah he, he sings but he does a great job in vocals so All if right. you can play a little bit of that That's great. Yeah, so... And they recorded one album? They recorded one album. A couple things on that song. That quite possibly could be my favorite DeLeo Brothers song outside of Purple. I love that song. I can listen to it constantly. Secondly, I thought I figured out how to play it on guitar. And then there's a, there's a YouTube of them in the studio. I have no idea how he tunes his guitar on that. Because what he plays is so different from what I played, his fingering and everything. And I can't find out. If anyone out there uh, knows how he tunes his guitar in this video, please contact Pat so you can contact <laughs> yes. me. Because it's driving me absolutely insane. And uh, Bob Ezrin produced this album. Yes, yeah. That's pretty yeah. great. Yeah. Um, I like that album cover, too. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Yeah. I got a T-shirt that says that. But... Did you see this band live? No. I, I don't even remember them coming around, um, for, not quite honestly. I, I know they did, but I can't remember. And uh, that, yeah, that that sucks for like someone like uh, like Eric. Then he's like, oh man, he's he's turning on MTV and he's seeing Velvet Revolver and then he knows that the Leos are out doing something. I guess he has a studio and he was okay with doing that. I don't, you know, I don't know how they all work. Maybe he maybe now, he got now back some, uh, to that. I, I know you saw the hired gun movie, correct? Yes. So who's worse, the filter guy or Billy Joel? Well, Billy Joel's antics caused his bass player to commit suicide. Yeah. And. The filter guy isn't even on my radar as far as music's concerned. <laughs> well, he played, he played for Trent Reznor yeah. because Trent Reznor treated him like shit. He decided, he decided to treat his bandmates like shit. I mean, I think Billy... At least he's honest about it, I guess. But. Billy Joel is, to me, he's like... It's like it's like Mellencamp. Mellencamp had this amazing band. Yeah. And even though John was the lead singer and he wrote the songs, it was called John Mellencamp, 
I haven't liked the Mellencamp album since Kenny Aronoff stopped playing exactly. on those albums. And he wrote Jack and Diane, basically. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yes. Yeah, I know. He should yeah. get a songwriting credit right. for that yeah. drum solo. Yeah. His book is phenomenal, by the way. Yeah, yeah. isn't that a great book? Yes. Um, and the same with Billy Joel. He had this band, the Billy Joel Band. And, you know, I, I, I love that stuff. I mean, I saw Billy, um, you know, last May at Dodger Stadium. And he was great. But... Um, but that, I saw I saw him with the Liberty DeVito and all those guys, okay. and those guys were amazing. Yeah. So yeah, Billy Joel kind of really those guys didn't have anything else. Right. They didn't have name recognition. They were just in Billy Joel's band. Yeah. So they were just like no name musicians that made a great living. Yeah. And played on all those great tunes. That was but, a great movie, though. That is a good movie. Yeah, Hired Guns. Yeah, I've, I heard, I've not. I've heard not so nice things about the uh, guitarist that's in there, who plays uh, the guy that Alice Cooper picked up. He was playing for um, the Disney Girl, and I'm trying to think of his name. I can't but, remember his name. Yeah, he, he wound up in Five Finger Death Punch. Yeah, but, um, yeah, he's yeah. he's featured in that movie too. I think he's he's the guy that actually produced the movie. Yeah, and you've heard you've heard bad. I know but, someone but he made himself he made himself look in good in his own he movie. He met him in an in store and didn't have much to say. How are you not nice in an in store? People I, are coming to see. you. I don't know. I have no idea. That doesn't make any sense. You do an in store, and then when your fans make uh, a time to come see you, then you're a dick. Yeah. Oh my yeah. god. We, I went to an insert because we, uh, Joe recently saw Judas Priest and Kyle and I just saw them uh, Sunday night. We, I, I, we talked about it before we started recording. Right. Yeah. We can talk a little okay. bit about it now. Um, it was phenomenal. If Judas Priest is coming to your area, go. They did it in store here. No, what I was okay. going to say is a few years ago, um, Rob Halford oh, that's right. with his okay. band yeah. Halford, yeah. Yeah. I think it was when the fourth album came out, they did an in store at a Best Buy in Chatsworth and I just happened to stumble upon it. And I said to my wife, I go, I gotta go to Best Buy tonight. She's like, why? I go, Rob Halford. The metal guys yeah. there. <laughs> and that was amazing. They set up, a, they set up a, a long table and all the band members were at the table. And then at the end of the table, Rob was there and he was standing. So you could get a picture with him. He'd yeah. put his arm around you, shake your hand. He'd sign Judas Priest stuff. He signed, you know, and it was, it was phenomenal. And there weren't that many people there. Because really, you know, yeah, yeah, that's amazing. But it was amazing. Yeah. But um, but we all said we all agreed the Judas Priest show right now is a ten. Yes. And do you like Firepower? I love Firepower. It's fantastic. Yeah. I, so my two favorite albums this year, it, I'm they're on the opposite ends of the spectrum. Okay. Don't hate me for this no. one. I love Firepower. The new Perfect Circle, I can't get enough. Oh, of I I don't like it, but that's just me. I but. don't know what I don't know what it is. It's like intoxicating. I, I have to listen to it all the way through. So it's totally on different ends yeah. of the spectrum. Well, but. And my two favorite albums this year are Firepower and Screaming Females. And those are also yeah. on two ends of the spectrum. But Firepower it's is amazing. phenomenal. Yeah. Like if that's their last album, that's a great, that's a great goodbye yeah. album. Richie Faulkner is amazing. He, he's, yep. he gave a, that band the blood transfusion. Real, and and yeah. I mean, Scott Travis is an amazing drummer. Yeah. I mean, he just... He's just amazing. Like it's effortless too. Like he, the symbol work that he was doing, he's all over that kit, but it just looks effortless. It doesn't even look like he's breaking a sweat. Right. Yeah, I know. And Rob sounded amazing. Yeah. He wears about seven or eight different jackets <laughs> throughout the show. Um, Andy Sneap is filling in for Glenn. Yes. And Glenn did come out. Um, yeah. He did it in Chicago, encore. but okay. Um, and, and um, yeah, Glenn's um, Glenn couldn't have, couldn't have toured. It was great. The fans love seeing him. 
and um and it looked like he he enjoyed being he enjoyed out there, being but, there but, but i could see where like after what like the two or three songs he played he yeah, was he kinda, looked really tired yeah it was but um but i'm glad they're bringing him out to you know to say hello to definitely the yeah, yeah but it was great yeah but um also, Kyle was talking about they have a they have a screen behind the drummer, giant screen, and a lot of times when we see screens, eh, they show like a couple of images or they'll put the logo up there, and, it, and or it's generic, it's generic. Right. But like for every song, they had cool graphics going in the mm-hmm. back, and they were like timed with the songs. Yeah, so right. like like you know, Saints in Hell, the first yep. time they ever play it live, because I love. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. Because it was the 40th anniversary. Stained Class was released on the first day, same day as the first Van Halen album. Oh, look at that. Yeah. No one knew that here because yeah. Priest didn't make it big until a couple albums later. Right. But uh, yeah, so they celebrated the 40th anniversary by bringing that song out for the first time ever. And yeah. even they would even do that. Uh, you know, They would get ready to play a song and they would put the album cover yeah. up there. And that was cool too. Because then you were kind of like, oh, what are they going to play, they play? Yeah. You know, it, what, what, Another thing that was awesome is they covered their entire spectrum. They did. They covered catalog. the whole catalog. I, I, I do not like Turbo. I even tweeted that to you guys. Yeah. But, I, but, they, but Turbo was great live. Turbo Lover yeah. was great. Yeah. 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 And, and I don't, I don't like that painkiller song. But live, it's I liked it. Yeah, it was, it kicked, it kicked. But ass. on yeah. on the record, it's just like, it's just like a. I like it. Yeah. <laughs> I, well, I, I'm in the minority. Right. But my favorite song of the night was definitely Grinder. Grinder's awesome. Oh, I yeah. fucking love it yeah. so much. Yeah. What yeah. about you, Kyle? Did you have a favorite for the night? Um, I mean, when they opened up with fi- they opened up with Firepower. Yeah, right? they did. And that was that was it great. Was fantastic. <laughs> So, so I know you, you you're plugging these headphones. Yeah. The best song to listen to ever is Sinner, and they played it on this set list. Listen to it off of Unleashed in the East. East okay. And it will blow your mind. All right. I'm yeah. gonna have to your, do bra- that. Your yeah. brain will explode. I'm gonna have to do that. Yes. Now I do want to say we were uh we had great seats. Ricky Warwick set us up. We were in the seventh row. Phenomenal. Mm-hmm. Um there was a row of guys behind us. And they were, um, I'm just, this is just for the story. This really doesn't have anything to do. I'm just right. painting a picture. They were, they were, they're all Hispanic guys, I think. Okay. Yeah. yeah. They, they almost looked like they were all like, they, cause they all came at the same time. Yeah. So yeah. I think they all knew each other or at least like it was like two groups yeah. of friends and then a common friend yeah. or two. Right. Cause they just, they had come all at the same time. And some guys were really built like muscle and some guys were just big, you know, big guys. And then there were a couple of little guys. It was quite yeah. a mix, but they were they were so fucking into the show. They were yeah. so into everywhere. But second song in, <laughs> yeah, second song in. I, I second song in of Judas Priest. Of Judas Priest, I look out of the corner of my eye and I nudge Kyle and I go, "Oh, look out! Something's going to happen back here." Because two of the guys, the the smallest the two, two guys, the two smallest guys, start to go at it. Really, they're going to fight. Really? Yeah. And I was like, and I'm like, oh, come on. And, and then I didn't know, and there were some big dudes. So I didn't yeah. know if the whole row was going to start to fight. So that's why I say to him, I go, hey, let's keep an eye on because we're going to get out of here if they yeah, start. Right. And then all of a sudden, a real big guy that was with him comes between them and he goes, <laughs> knock it off. <laughs> this is, this is, Ju-. and then one guy's like, this is priest, man. This is Judas priest. You don't fight it, Judas priest. And then, and then the one guy goes, you two shake hands and they wouldn't. It, like, it was like a dad like, stepped yes. in between two like little league kids that were like getting in an argument. Yeah, and these guys were drunk, the guys that wanted to fight. They're obviously <laughs> okay. drunk. But they crossed their arms and they're like, no, I'm not going to shake hands. They're not going to shake hands. So then, finally, I look, I nudge Kyle, I go, look like, now. Like, but like a song later. A song later. 
they're shaking hands. Now they're in a full on embrace. And then they watch like three songs, like almost hugging each other, man, bro hugging. It was just ridiculous. Just going like, I'm sorry, man. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. man. I'm sorry, Priest. You know, you do bring up a great point. Bands like Judas Priest, Iron Maiden, I think they could bring world peace more than any politician or religious mm -hmm. figure. Because you go to an Iron Maiden, even Bruce talks about it. He does. You see Hispanics, you see people from different ethnicities, countries. I mean, I went to see Iron Maiden. They played, it was on the uh, Final Frontier Tour. They played two United States dates, and they played one in Tampa, Florida, and they flew in from Mexico, South America, Canada, and it was it was like the United Nations, and everybody was in, united mm -hmm. in liking these bands. I love yeah. that. I love the final yeah, it frontier. Breaks all, it breaks down all barriers, all everything. It, I, yeah. I couldn't believe what I was when I went to see Iron Maiden on the uh, uh, Book of Souls tour because I had never seen them. Uh, again, I, I've said this many times in the show, but you know, a lot of people just start listening now. So if I tell a story twice, sorry. But in the same row with us, there were like these two girls that were like 18, 18 to 20. And they were, um, they were Hispanic and they knew every single word. They're singing yeah. every single word. And I'm like, how did these girls, what is it about this band that makes these girls like Iron Maiden? And then I see, you know, guys like me and young guys like Kyle, but then all ethnicities and the, the floor is just moving. Yes. It's moving like it's, like it's alive, but it's yeah. not a violent Movie. Yeah. And, well, yeah. At the pre-show, it was like, it's a bunch of like tough looking, like primarily just tough looking dudes. Everyone had black on. It was amazing. Like, black t-shirts, the whole, everyone. But I've been to shows like that where it's just like, oh, in the pit, everyone's just beating the shit out of each yeah, other. Yeah, I never and got into like, that. No. And it, but this, it's, it's not, it's not yeah. like that with Priest, I'm sure Maiden's the same way where it's just like, it was just kind of like, hey, everyone's just having fun and like, you know, a little bit of crowd yeah. surfing other than the minor scuffle behind us. Yeah, yeah. Well, Bruce Dickinson <laughs> choked me up before they sang Blood Brothers. He exactly. Did, he did yeah. a whole thing about at a, at a, at a, at a Iron Maiden show, there's no, there's no violence, there's no hate, there's no rape. There, he went through a litany, he is because we're all Blood Brothers and people yeah. went fucking crazy. And it was like, I'm like, how is... This is such a wild, amazing show, and there is, it's filled with love. Like, if I showed a picture of Iron Maiden to my mom, she'd go, oh, who are those people? That's right. terrible. Yeah. But it's not what it's about. But Iron Maiden helped me get an A in history, because I listened to The Trooper, then I read about the, the charge of the Light Brigade <laughs> there you in go. the Crimean War. Mm -hmm. You know, you learn from that stuff. They're, <laughs> they're, doing a, they're doing a Greatest Hits tour right now in Europe, and, and they're supposed to come, to come here. They're supposed yeah. to come here in the fall. Yeah. That's what's that's what's great about living in Chicago or in Los Angeles. The chances that we might get to see that show are are high. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then everyone, like you said, everyone, the United Nations will have to fly in from wherever. But um, we're not missing that show. No. No way. No way. Yeah. The, yeah. Yeah. Unbelievable. Uh, okay, we're moving so, on. Yeah. To back on track. Uh, Velvet on Revolver track. again. The the history so muddled. I don't really. There's not really a clear story yeah. how Velvet Revolver kind of just faded away what and what, what i can't uh, believe and i'll ask matt this after coming off of working with axel who was difficult why do you want to plunge into a band with scott wyland who does not have a great reputation no but you apparently know, duff got him clean he did right. martial arts together and, okay and all this stuff but then he started chipping here and there and all right yeah things fell okay off the rail. And, probably, but so did slash you know yeah. slash had a lot of, I mean, he just, I don't know if he's clean now, but he, he goes through his periods yeah. as well. Duff never went back. No. Duff no. is such a fit dude. Yeah, he looks great, better than ever. He looks better yeah. than ever. If yeah. you see, if you watch some of the old Guns N' Roses videos. He's all bloated. Footage, and, he's all yeah, bloated. He looks yeah. terrible. Yeah. He looks terrible. 
And now he's like a lean, mean, great looking dude. Right. And, um, Funny as hell. Yeah, I think his one of his organs was going to explode. I think they told right. him like, yeah. "This your your whatever is going to burst if right. you keep this up." And the wake up call worked for him. Yeah, but for Stone Temple Pilots, we go nine years between albums. Right. So apparently, so Velvet Revolver falls apart somehow. Yeah, and because of Scott probably, probably because of Scott. But Scott's second wife apparently gets into contact with the DeLeo brothers, mm -hmm. and they get together. And they actually start touring before they record this album. So they played. It's probably I remember smart. They, they played um, at the Indy 500. They have a concert like a couple days beforehand. And I remember they played down there in 2008. Because I went to that race, but I didn't go see the show. I just went down for the race. And, uh, and they, so they toured uh, a couple years before. And then they come and release this album called Stone Temple Pilots, which I really, really like. And I, I like, was a great do you like this? Uh, do you like this uh, album cover? It's cool. Yeah, it's all right. It's just a hand. It's a peace sign. It's like... Um, just designs through the hand. I, I'm also just, uh, I'm reading this from Wikipedia because I wanted to see because uh, the DeLeo brothers produced this and it says, against Atlantic Records wishes, uh, Robert DeLeo insisted that he and his brother produce the record themselves. It's yeah. a great sounding album. I think so. I think yeah. it's fantastic. What's right. your first song? My first song is uh, Take a Load Off. Superstitious Now the kings of media Invent the swath of visions Take a load off 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 Yeah Now, you know, by this time, album sales are dwindling for everybody, exactly. but especially, yeah. so it says here that um, this peaked at number two yes. on the Billboard. What, it sold like 20,000 copies? So 61,000, yeah. it said, in its first week, and then it and then it trails off. But, you, you know, they can always say, hey, that's a top five album. Exactly. But um, I always like how albums start, especially when a band has taken some time off. I'm always like, what's the first song going to sound like? And this one really kicks. This is... The opening track, this is Between the Lines. I just think that song's fantastic. It's great, yeah. yeah, yeah. Really good one. And it kind of addresses him being clean. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so yeah, definitely. Love that song. Um, I did see them right around when they released this. I saw them at South by Southwest, and I don't know if you've ever been to that festival. I never have. Is it awesome? It's friggin', it blows your mind. So the year I went, I, I had to go down there, and uh, Motorhead played a couple wow. days before. And they, every you walk by every bar, there's bands playing everywhere. They're playing in the street. Then the whole convention center has tech stuff. This was back in 2010. I haven't been there since, but 
Yeah, it's, 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 it's still it's, there's buzz about it. Right. Still. So it must still be a great festival. Yeah, it's massive. I, I love Austin. It's a lot of fun. And they put on a great show. It was in a, it was in a mid-sized venue. And uh, they played a lot of songs off, you know, a lot of their classic songs and a few songs off the new album. And that was My, the last time you saw them. That's the last time I saw them. Yeah. And yeah. they went out. That was a high note, though, for you, right? That was yes, a great, definitely. Was yeah. it the best time you had seen them? Um, yeah, I would have to say so, definitely. And yeah. that's because Scott was probably was clean. I would think so. Yeah, yeah it seemed that way at least. Um, my next song is "Dare If You Dare." It's uh, it just has a Beatles Bowie meld to it. I really like. Mellotron in there. Yeah, I love yeah. That, yeah. Fantastic. Uh, and my next song from self-titled Stone Temple Pilots from 2010, Hazy Days. I'm freely standing on my own. Oh, am I falling in the river cold? how this album sounds i like the production a lot i think the DeLeo brothers knew what they're doing definitely i think uh i think i think when you're when you're in a band and the first time you go into the studio and you work with someone like brendan o'brien and and then you work with bob ezrin i think you you have to eventually learn oh we can do this we know what we what we're doing and so then you can self-produce yourself yeah i wouldn't want to give uh a brand new band uh the you know the reins no but they did back in the day, like, you know, bands like Led Zeppelin and stuff. Right. Get to produce yeah. themselves. Yeah. Can you imagine letting Aerosmith produce their first album on their own? <laughs> no. Be a mess. <laughs> yes. They've yeah. still never produced. Well, did they? No, I don't think so. Not really. No. Not without no. some type of, this Aerosmith needs a little supervision. Yes. Yes, definitely. <laughs> okay, so now. But back to Brendan O'Brien, I think I read an interview. He was supposed to produce an album by them. And he goes, how, do, how was it working with the guys from Aerosmith? He goes, well, I really liked Joey, Brad, and Tom. <laughs> and then he left the other. He left Joe Perry and yeah, Stephen. Yeah, because <laughs> they're, they're they're the trouble. Yeah, yeah. Oh God. So. Now you didn't. You don't have any. Um, now that's the end for Wyland. Yes. Because yeah. what happens? Does he go back on the juice? 
I think he's back in the juice, and I know he had a physical altercation with Dean DeLeo at one of their last shows. They actually got into a fist fight, so that wow. was it. Who yeah. won that? I don't know. I really don't know. I would assume DeLeo because he had so much rage build up from <laughs> yeah, this guy right, for all the right. years. Or if he had his guitar on him, he had a weapon. Yeah. You know, he could hit him, yeah. Now, you didn't bring any songs from the EP. The EP. There's a yeah. high, there's a there's the high rise EP. Oh yeah, he came, he brought one. Oh, oh he did with Chester Bennington. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah. Chester Bennington. Yeah. Oh, he did also bring one. Rock and Peace. Yeah. I know Rock and Peace. Two right. guys. So I wanted to address that as well. Go on. Where are we going? No, go ahead. You, you now, can go. It, again, when they talk about Rock is dead, he's such a tragedy because I have uh, I have three sons. My oldest is 22. Mm-hmm. He loved those first two Lincoln Park albums. And I was like, oh, right, you know, it's a new rock band. It's the future of rock and roll. And then they just came out with that album with Rick Rubin that was just lame. Yeah, that one's like Rick Rubin isn't doing a great job recently, in my opinion. So I remember, remember like, right before Chester passed away, my son going to me, he goes, remember when Linkin Park didn't suck? (laughs) Right. And and then he fell into, he started liking other forms of music. I mean, he likes Greta Van Fleet, but he likes other stuff, too, but... Um, yeah, it, it's just a tragedy that Lincoln Park didn't achieve more. And then I really couldn't get into the uh, Stone Temple Pilots with him. I just, yeah. it just seemed like a side project and it wasn't permanent. And no. obviously, you know, they, they, they weren't getting a deal or right. no record. This was just an EP on a label. It was called Playpen. Yeah. But uh, self produced by Stone Temple Pilots. But um, what song do you have from uh, High Rise? Uh, out of Time. I cry, cry. I have cry, cry as well. If you want to play it, are those are the two you brought. Yeah, I brought both of those too. Okay, okay. We'll all right. So yeah. you can go to my list. Yeah, there we go. Out of time and cry, cry. terrible though no it's good yeah yeah what's uh let's it just see. seems like they watered down their their uh, brand um well you know when, when these guys get older too the music seems to you know like 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 it's it, again judas priest for them to be able to rock that hard on this new album is amazing because yeah. a lot of times but you know, you know you've addressed you've addressed this before i see the chester bennington almost like um when Iron Maiden brought in uh, Blaze. Blaze. Owen Priest brought in the Ripper Owens. Kind of like that. Yeah. Yeah. So I saw it kind of, kind of like that. But at least, but, but at least Chester was known f- from a big band. Right. You know what I mean? It wasn't like they didn't find him on YouTube. But then, then you're thinking, well, he's just doing this on the side. Lincoln Parks is priority. And I'm like, well, Stone Temple Pilots is my band. Right. You know, so I, why? Yeah. So yeah. I, and then what is Lincoln Park thinking? Hey, dude, what are yeah. you? What, are you leaving us? Right. But then back to Lincoln Park, and I don't know, Kyle, how much of a fan you are, but I, I only like those first two albums. Yeah, that's yeah. that's how my son was, and I remember when when Chester passed away. Uh, there's an NBA player, Frank Kaminsky. He's on the uh, Charlotte Hornets. 
And he actually grew up not too far from our house. He played at uh, Bennett Academy in Lyle, Illinois, and he went to Wisconsin. He, I follow him on Twitter, and he said, you know, the, those first two albums were my childhood. You know, and you saw tributes all about that, about the two, first two albums, but then it kind of, they, they, I don't know what they tried to do. And they have that. seven albums, so right. the, the other five yeah. are just not good, is no. what you guys are telling me. Yeah. Yeah, they just, there's like one here and there, but it's not. What happened? Did they change their, I mean, I don't. I'm, I remember, you know, so I, I thought they were pretty good. And my son, as I said, my oldest son was really into them. And I'm like, oh, great, they're going to Rick, Rick Rubin. And I think the one song was in the Transformers, correct? Yeah, and that yeah. one that's not a bad song. But it was but it's just not... I'm like, okay, when's this gonna start rocking? It was yeah. just like almost like ballady, ballad one ballad after another. So Yeah, that's tough. You can't go from rocking hard and then majority ballads. No one's gonna buy that. Yeah. Uh, and what's in, and play the other song that we both chose from High Rise. Five song EP from 2013. Forgive the promise that is never kept. The wasted life. The voice is a good fit for the band, though. I mean, I would yeah. have liked to have heard him uh, sing some of the the catalog because right. I bet he would have done a great job. Yeah, and he's yeah. Uh, he has a good rock look. Right. Mm -hmm. So, I wonder what happened with him. Why didn't this continue? He just uh, just again, it's just kinda, not interested. Yeah, just not interested. Just decided to go their own ways, and then unfortunately, they lose both their singers within a short time span. Yeah. For to, they both commit suicide, right? Well, no, Scott OD. Scott well, he, he had lots of things in his system, so okay. his heart gave out. And then uh, and, and uh, Chester committed suicide. Yeah. Wow. And then, it's supposed to be comedy. And then we lose, yeah, well, <laughs> yeah. you know, life. Uh, and then, you know, Chris Cornell, we lose him. Right. I mean, how many of these yeah. guys, I mean, like, Eddie Vedder seems like he's together. Right. I mean, I would, now I think, just think that all the grunge guys are going to, Commit suicide well, or OD. There was like this movement to save Eddie Vedder after that happened because he was the only guy left. That guy loves the Cubs too much to commit suicide. I agree. I'm a White Sox fan. Yeah. <laughs> Some, someone said uh, right after, I think it was like Scott Weiland died, was just like, now, now Pearl Jam's I'm Alive seems like he's bragging. <laughs> uh, also, this uh, back to Scott Weiland, it said that Scott Weiland finds out that he was fired in the, in the newspaper. Yeah, and there was a big yeah, and there was big a big law lawsuit. Law lawsuits back and forth. Right, they wanted to do a uh, anniversary show for Core, and they just, they had a fight about that. So then he farmed his. So own they were thing. still trying to get him back in the fold at some point. At some point, I guess, but it wound up in legal issues, and Scott went out with his own band, and then he passed away in Minneapolis on his tour bus. And Chester and Scott both uh, both parents. Yes. That's that's the thing that um, that gets me because I can't. But I mean, I guess depression and addiction; those things must be so strong 
that it doesn't matter. And Chris Cornell too, he had like four kids, I think. Yeah. But that doesn't seem to, I mean, when, when the, when the moment's there that you're going to take your own life, I guess even if your kids flash before you, that's not enough to make you not do it. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. It also might be a, a rationale of like, they're better off without me sort of thing, maybe, but like, yeah, I know. I understand what you're saying. Right, so we got to bring this show back up. Do you know what the new term for MAGA is? Uh, no, what? My attorney got arrested. So there you go. All, right. All right, here we go. Ta-da. Uh, well, we're just saying, you know, I know. I know it's, uh, you know, time plus tragedy is yeah, comedy. I know. So now we're moving on. Now you're, now you're, you're one of your favorite bands. Right. It's back in, in, in this year. Right, it's this year. So that's just, it's uh, timely little, that we picked this show. A little over a month ago. Rock Solid is cutting edge. <laughs> no, no one has ever said that. Um, this album just came out a little over a month ago. Yes. Kyle, what do you think of that album cover? Uh, hold on, it's loading. Um, it's okay. Right. Yeah. <laughs> it's a white background. It's, it's a black butterfly. The whole comeback just, is just okay. It looks like if you said, like, I want every single, like, I want every single tattoo on that wall in one tramp stamp, that's what they would make. <laughs> uh, and this is, this is their seventh album. It's a right. full album uh, produced by Stone Temple Pilots. It's released on Rhino Records, so they're they're on a label, and they have a new singer, Jeff Goot. And where's Jeff Goot from? Well, he was on X Factor and a, and a bunch of other bands. I know he's heavily influenced by a lot of metal and hard rock bands. He was on a competition show. Yes, yeah, that's one of the things he did. But he he, he was all over the place, and they had thousands of demo tapes when they were looking for a new singer, and someone came up to. Uh, the DeLeo brothers in Detroit, because that's where Jeff is originally mm -hmm. from, and said, you know, you should try this guy out. So they tried him out, and he sounds a lot like Scott, has a great stage presence. Unfortunately, they released this album, which, first of all, you don't have two albums with the same title. That no, just I understand what they're the trying water. to do. They're, Especially they're trying, in a row. Yeah. In, in a, a row, row, yeah. Like, they're trying to say, no, okay, we're rebranding right. again. It's, but, yeah, they should have just called it STP. Or, right, and now they're going to forget all, everything off the catalog of the album we just raved about. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and, and I just think this album is incredibly weak. I wow. just, I can't get into it. I, there's a couple songs, but, man. What's this guy's name, Jeff Gutt? Goot. Goot. Yeah, he is from this band Dry Cell, and I know, I know this song from them because it's on the Madden NFL 2003 soundtrack, <laughs> which is one of the best metal albums ever. So if you guys want to seek go. that out. Look at that. It's fantastic. Um, well, you know, and, and are they, what's happening with this album? Do they have a tour scheduled? They have they a tour scheduled. So they're playing a lot of um, smaller venues. I'm going to go see them in Cedar Rapids, Iowa, because they're, they're going to play a full set. And, and they're gonna and they're, they will play the back catalog. And how's yeah, the, how's this guy's voice? What do you think? Oh, of it's his great. Voice? He sounds just like Scott, and his stage presence is great. That's why I'm so disappointed in the album. They should have just really just put in the gear and kicked ass. What do you have to lose? I mean, no one's buying this stuff anyway. Put something out, kick ass. Don't try to be artsy or. It's got twelve songs, and if you buy it at Best Buy, you get fourteen songs. And again, but, maybe just keep it to ten songs. They're guys. also on a package tour. It's going to be the Cult, STP, and Bush. Hmm. Ugh, one of these things doesn't belong. It's Bush here. opening, I hope. I, they're going to switch it up every. Well, Bush day. is not going to be able to follow two of those bands, right? He's at famous. All. He's famous for being married to yeah. Gwen Stefani. Yeah. By the way, when did Gwen Stefani going go from being incredibly hot to looking like your crazy aunt? Yeah, I don't know. Well, when, <laughs> you, saw, when, when you hang out with Blake Shelton, I guess that's what happens. Yeah, and I think the bow tie. I don't know. I saw her. Do, she sing like Christmas songs and to, yeah, to Asia. Yeah. Her eye was twitching from the Botox. Look. The, but, <laughs> 
How old is Gwen Stefani? She doesn't need any Botox. Yeah, I know. And she looks a lot better without the makeup. And she puts all that. Yeah, yeah she puts anyway. all that mess. Yeah, on so that so that's STP's going on that package tour. They're doing some dates. That's a good double bill though, STP yeah. and the cult. Yeah, Bush, I wish it would so just much. be STP and the cult. And when not you show up three. late. Yeah, go well, have a nice dinner, or or, or 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 take a halftime in the middle. <laughs> oh, depending I, on what, the, yeah, yeah the, it's dreadful if Bush is in the middle. Oh that my night. god, I, I saw Bush back in the day. They, they're one of the reasons too that the whole genre became muddied down yeah. because they were a joke. Mm-hmm. And uh, I saw him live, and I, I really wanted to go see Veruca Salt, a Chicago mm-hmm. band, who blew him off the stage. And I sat through two songs of Bush and left. It, he just, you know, then I hate Listerine. The, <laughs> I hate the name. Yeah, it's terrible. Bush. It's, yeah, yeah. You either think of uh, ladies' private parts. Or, 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 or guys who got us in the two useless wars. Yeah, it's just, uh, <laughs> or, you know, or you go, or think of Barbara Bush's private parts. Or either one. No, no Shrubbery. <laughs> shrubbery. It's a yeah, shrubbery. it's just a horrible name. Yeah, terrible. It's, it's yeah. only a good name if one of the band members' last name is Bush. Then you go, oh, okay, I get it. Right, yeah. Look, fine, try to find out how they came up with that name, Kyle. Where did that oh, come awful. from? Oh, awful, yeah. It's and then, and then uh, STV is going to be on a bunch of those big, like Rock on the Range and Rock Oklahoma and. Northern well, that'll Lights. be good for them. Yeah, and yeah. you know what? They're they're only going to play two songs off of this new album, probably. Right? I would think so. Yeah, have we're they, only have, playing the new album. <laughs> have they played any songs this lineup yet? Pardon me. I mean, have they played any dates with this lineup? Yes, they yet? have. Uh, they played a few, and they did. Um, like when they introduced Jeff to the uh, public, they played some songs to introduce the tour that with the Carlton Bush, they each band did a few songs here in Los Angeles. It's all on YouTube. Bush is named after uh, where the place they're from, which is named Shepherd's Bush, which would be a oh. much better name. Okay. Yeah. Shepherd's Bush. That's where the, the who are from there too, I think, or, or a couple of them. If you just called yourself Shepherd's, Shepherd's Bush. Shepherd's Bush would have been a lot better. Yeah. I'm going to read you the, uh, I'm going to read you the set list, Stone Temple Pilots set list from April 14th. So 11 days ago, Wicked Garden, Vaseline, Down, Big Bang Baby, Silver Gun Superman, Glide, Big Empty, Plush, Meadow, Interstate Love Song, Roll Me Under, Dead and Bloated, Sex Type Thing, Piece of Pie, Trippin' on a Hole in a Paper Heart. That's a great set list. That's a great set list. How many of those are new? One or two. Meadow's new. Meadow's new. Yeah. That's a good set list then. Yeah, it's a great set list. So you're going to have fun at that show as long yeah. as uh, Bush doesn't fuck it up for you. <laughs> no. Kind of feel like they're going to fuck it up. Okay, well, let's listen to the album that uh, Joe is not a big fan it's of. It's underwhelming. Okay, let's hear they what you got. They should have came out with a bigger bang. I have, the first song I have is Guilty, which sounds a hell of a lot like Take a Load Off, off the previous album called Stone Temple Pilots. All right, so. let's hear it.
Eric Kretz just kills it on the drums yeah. constantly. It's yeah. um yeah, I know what you mean. It's like not it's not terrible, but underwhelming is a good way to put it. Yes. If it were just a different band, you'd be like, oh, this kind of sounds like Stone Temple Pilots. Pilots right. Because it's, it's Stone Temple Pilots, you're like, oh. Yeah. All right, let's, uh, let's hear my song. That I, first one is Middle of Nowhere. Again, that's the opening track. And again, like I said earlier, I like uh, I like to hear the opening track when a band has been a yeah. while between albums. Um, well, like they'll they'll never do anything that's not called Stone Temple Pilots again. These three guys, right? The DeLeos and, and yeah, and Eric. They're they're never gonna because they know there's value in that name. Exactly. And hopefully this guy sticks around, and hopefully they recorded uh, more music, and then it's it's, it's better. You know, once exactly, once they yeah. start touring and gelling, maybe. Yeah, maybe the, I mean the talent is there. As yeah, I said, the talent's there. They, I, I, I at one point thought they were going to be the next Led Zeppelin because mm-hmm. I, I see a lot of similarities there: the guitar, the bass, the drums. But um, yeah, I hope so. What's a better album: the self-titled 2018 Stone Temple Pilots or Aerosmith Music from Another Dimension? Oh, um, <laughs> <laughs> wow! <laughs> uh, this new Stone Temple Pilots. Have you? Yeah. Now, since we recorded that Aerosmith yeah. episode, did you try to get into music from another dimension? Not at all. And I, <laughs> I tried listening to Stephen. He's coming to uh, solo. Did I tell? Yeah, I think I told oh. you that he's playing Ribfest in Naperville, which actually is you a know pretty, what they, you know what they have at Ribfest? What cornbread? Yeah, exactly. Damn. Yeah. It's oh actually a pretty God. big deal. They get some pretty big bands there. Yeah, like Cheap Tricks played there, and uh, I saw that's because Cheap Trick just drives in from Rockford. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, I, I saw Slash play there. My wife and I saw B fifty twos last year. So Stephen Tyler, are you going to go see him? Um, if I got nothing going on, I'll go. Might as well. He's got to yeah. play some Aerosmith songs, right? Yeah, I think so. I mean, we're hoping to see. Uh, probably a don't want to miss a thing, which then. <laughs> yeah, um, <laughs> yeah. Alice at Cooper's coming to the Greek Theater. Awesome. And, and uh, Ace is opening. Oh, that's fantastic! Yeah. yeah. So. All right. Yeah. Hopefully, Ace's band. I think Ace has a good backup band. He does have a good band. Yeah. 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 And. Um, that might be one of the bigger Did venues see, Ace has played in a while. Did you see Alice Cooper's guitarist at WrestleMania? No. Awesome. She what, played, did, what did she do? She played the lead for uh, Nakamura when he came in, the Japanese wrestler. Okay. She just killed it. She's great. Yeah. Is that Orianthe? No, she no. Left. Or, she's, or, or, she's with Richie Sambora. Yeah. She was great, too. Orianthe used to be yeah. with him. but yeah, yeah. Now it's Nina Strauss. Yeah. Yeah, oh, she okay. was at the Iron Maidens. I like yeah. man. Alice always puts together a great backup band because, like in that in that hired guns, he just says, "Yeah, you want the best people." Yeah, definitely. Doesn't matter yeah. if they're male, female, who they are. He doesn't care. Right. Well, I think it's now 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 it's his thing to have it's a, his female, thing guitar. a female lead yeah. guitar player. Yeah. When Orin Thani played, it was awesome. He opened up with the Black Widow, and she oh, it was so cool. Well, and I, she put a little like uh, blood on her mouth, like she was like she was a vampire. It was love really it. Cool. Yeah. I uh, yeah. When Eric Singer was touring with Alice, man, he was. So great playing those Alice Cooper songs. 
Oh, yeah. Billion Dollar Babies. He oh, just yeah. nailed it, killed Definitely. it. Definitely. Did you uh, see him in Jesus Christ Superstar? I did. Yeah, that was good, too. It's brave. I mean, that's yeah. what Alice does. Yeah, I know. You know, he's yeah. great. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, yeah, look, Scott Weiland and, and these other guys, look at Alice got cleaned up 40 years ago. Right. Well, Having, he had a, I mean, he had a couple times. He yeah. He got cleaned up, and then, he, then he, he went from alcohol, got cleaned up, then he went to crack, got cleaned up. I mean, Bob Ezrin didn't, didn't want anything to do with him, but Bob Ezrin had his own deal. But he survived. Some of these but, other yeah. guys survived. And, but, I mean, his yeah. wife told him, Exactly. You, you got to get cleaned up or you're gone. Yeah. And he did. And golf. And golf. Salvation. Yeah. And now he's he's living the life, people. You want to live the Alice Cooper life. Yeah. You want to live the Rod Stewart, Alice Cooper life. Yes. You know, just yeah. have fun. Yes. Enjoy what you're doing. Yeah. All I right. Agree. Let's keep. We got more songs. Got a couple more songs from this and then we'll uh, promote some stuff and do a play out. All right. Uh, Joe, what's your next song? Meadow. That's their single off the album. Musically, still cool. Still yeah. cool stuff in there. Yeah. I'm not a fan of this. Meadow, this album came out in March 2018. They released Meadow in November 2017. Everybody's doing that now. I know, but that, yeah. like, two, two, how many months in advance of the album is that? Right. Well, Priest it, did that, too. I know. It just yeah. seems it's too, it's too early. Right. I agree. Uh, but this, they've, they've, they've released four singles off here. Uh, and then in uh, January, Roll Me Under. Again, that's still two months before the album comes out. And then February, a month before the album comes out, they did the song I'm going to play now called The Art of Letting Go. I chose this because it's different. You can try, you don't even know me. I don't mind, I'll just take the back seat. Close my eyes, cause I just need to rest now. I'm so tired, I'm always running in and out. Get in line, just another I just played it because it was different. I don't think it's amazing, but I think it just shows a different thing that they are doing. Yeah. Uh, and that's track nine, so it's deep in the album. If, right. that, if that comes on track two, you're like, what the fuck? Yeah. Where's my band? <laughs> but, um, that's it. That's for that's, yeah, that's it for it. the Stone Temple Pilots catalog. Yeah, you know there was one song I wanted to touch on they, when they had you mentioned that uh, the um, greatest hits and that came between. Oh yeah, I'm yeah. sorry, we jumped in. We have that. No, in, I we have that here. It. Yeah. So after they broke up the, uh, I guess the second time, they came out with greatest hits and there was a song on there called "All the All in the Suit That You Wear" because Scott started wearing suits more in concert and I think that's one of their best songs. Yeah, we we have yeah. that. So let's hear it. Sorry about that.
Now, this is one of those greatest hits albums that the the new track fits right in with every other track. Yes. And every song on this album is killer. Yeah. Vaseline, Down, Wicked Garden, Big Empty, Plush, Big Bang Baby, Creep, Lady Picture Show, Trippin' on a Hole in a Paper Heart, Interstate Love Song, uh, the one we just heard, All in the Suit That You Wear, Sex Type Thing, Days of the Week, and Sour Girl. I mean, that's... Yeah. That's as solid of a, of greatest, a hits. greatest hits package yeah. as you can get. Right. Or best of. Or best of, yeah, yes. Because they're not technically hits. Right. But um, yeah, that's that's fantastic. And uh, and again, I, I hate when there's a new track and it's just like so subpar compared to the rest of the greatest hits or best of package. But that that fits right in there. Yeah, I agree. Terrific. Yeah. Uh, Joe, tell us where we can find Joe. You're on Twitter. What's your Twitter handle? Yeah, I don't even know what is my Twitter. <laughs> find out. I don't know. <laughs> you don't tweet that yeah. much. No, I just retweet or like your guys' stuff and other stuff. So. Well, it's very yeah. difficult to find. You're at Joe Becht. Yeah, at Joe Becht. <laughs> And Joe, tell us what else you do. You do some uh, you do some music stuff. Yeah, you know, I, I haven't been on many podcasts lately. I've actually more. I'm, I'm doing a podcast more that's geared towards the industry I'm in called Logical Logistics. So if you want to get bored, and so the podcast it. is called Logical Logistics. Yeah, Logical Logistics. It's not. I'm just throwing it out there for my website and yeah. just talking about the industry. So. Yeah, check it out. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. uh, you got a picture here of uh, of you and your three sons on your uh, on your Twitter. Yeah. And then uh, your picture here with Gene Simmons. With Gene Simmons. Where'd you meet Gene? I've met Gene three times, and that picture was the best time. That's why I had a problem. I was considering doing the vault, but it's two thousand mm-hmm. dollars. And that time, I met him for I think twenty to thirty dollars at a book signing. Okay. And he talked to me for over five minutes, and it was it was awesome. Oh, that's I, cool. I even asked him who played drums on Larger Than Life, and he he joked around with me, and it was great. I mean, that's there's a guy who he will go out of his way, and it was orderly. It was timely. There were a lot of people there, but everybody got at least five minutes with him. He talked to everybody. That's good. Yeah. I've yeah. never I've never reached out to his people, but I wonder I wonder if he would come in here to promote The Vault. You know what? You should. I, I mean, it yeah. doesn't – I mean – Kyle thinks no, but I'm gonna I'm gonna I mean he's I'm gonna ask. It's interesting some of the podcasts he's been on. Mm-hmm. Um, there, there's a couple ones that were really in depth and great. Uh, pods and sods. Mm-hmm. Yeah, great interview. Played some songs and mentioned. Uh, is he with them or is it? No, he, is he he's, on he's on he's on the phone or Skype. He's on the phone. But yeah, yeah. See, I want him to come in here because we don't do the phone or Skype. No, thing. I know. It's just our thing. That would be awesome. But. Yeah. Um, yeah, and then he could uh, he could he could pick fifteen songs from the vault, and we Jericho's would been those. to his house. I know a couple of times. <laughs> That's pretty cool. Yeah, uh, what's Chris Jericho's Fozzy? Right, is that his yeah. band? What's that band like? I've never listened. You know to what? That. I can't really get into him. I, I know I should be getting into him. I like Chris Jericho. I think he's a he's a Renaissance man. For some reason, I just I can't get into it. I gotta every time I try to give it a listen. It's hard sometimes when you know someone from one thing and then they're, oh, they're going to do music now. And you're like, yeah. mm, he's a wrestler. What do you mean he's doing yeah. music? But he's got but, a great band. And, and he sings, right? Yeah, he sings. He's got a great voice. I just And he's a great looking guy. He'd be a yeah, great front yeah, man. Yeah, and he seems pretty cool, you know. Yeah. Great uh, great history. Yeah, like I said, he's one of those renaissance men. He's done everything. So. Like, uh, did you read Bruce Dickinson's book? I read Bruce Dickinson's book. Did you like it? I liked it because it was very positive. It wasn't all sex, drugs, and rock and roll. No. There were some great stories in there, like when he went to Sarajevo. Yeah, yeah there's a documentary coming out about that. Yeah. There's a, and he, he, you know, he survived cancer. That guy's oh a renaissance God. man. Yeah. Oh, definitely. Commercial pilot? Yeah. He was a, he almost went to the Olympics as a fencer. 
It's ridiculous. I know, yeah. It's ridiculous. Yeah, yeah. The guy's got too much talent. I know. It's him and like George Lazenby have like the two best life stories. <laughs> like, yeah. Uh, well, he said that he wanted, when he wrote the book, he intended it to be, he read a book by David Niven when he was a kid and it was very, like you were in an adventure. And he said that's mm-hmm. what he wanted to focus his band on. And I liked it because, I liked it because he didn't go into a lot of dirt. I know he's yeah. had his issues with Steve Harris. I mean, it happens with every band. But he, yeah, but they're friends now. Yeah. And, they're all good. And, they're English exactly. gentlemen. Exactly. Yeah. Um, we are at rock solid show on Twitter. Yes, we are. You're at Kyle Dotson funny. I am. I'm at Pat underscore Francis. Mm -hmm. You can go to the website, rocksolidpodcast.com. Everything's there. You can find the episodes there. Yep. You can find, uh, who our past guests have been. There's a link to the Patreon page. Mm -hmm. There's a, there's a thing there called hire Pat. Yeah. You can hire me. I'll come host whatever you want me to host. Go wherever you want me to go. Look birthday parties so far no what one's speaking of renaissance man i need what? a i need an mc on june 1st uh for <laughs> let's talk uh so far no you interest about anything okay. um <laughs> also like us on facebook i don't know how many listeners actually go to the facebook page but we have uh we have artwork new artwork every week we change mm-hmm. the cover artwork every week we have uh uh what do we call it? A clan, a gang of artists. I don't think you say clan. I don't I say think. clan. It seems like with a K, right? Yeah. <laughs> K-L-A-N. Um, we have a bunch of guys that do great artwork and, um, you know, it's just, you know, and go to Twitter. Everyone's engaging. So Patreon. It's fun. Patreon. Patreon.com forward slash rock. Joe Beck is doing more plugging than we are. I know. You guys deserve but, uh, it. Well, thank you. Thank yeah, I no, appreciate there's a, it. There's... There's I try to so really, many. I try to really keep up that Patreon page. I mean, I I post a video every week. I've been giving stuff away every week. Every I'm week you, I'm giving prizes there's, there's away. There's so many podcasts out there. I mean, there was one time. I mean, I was having fifty on my phone, and I've weeded it down maybe to under ten. Oh, we made but it. You guys, we made yeah, the cut. you made the cut. You guys keep it fresh. You talk about different topics. No, thank you. Yeah. I appreciate that. I mean, I'm getting a lot of great emails. People are saying, you know, you know, the most recent shows have been great. And we just, you know, you we covered just. covered James Bond and now you're going to have Matt Sorum on. I mean, it's, <laughs> yeah. it, it's cool stuff. We just, yeah. Uh, yeah. you know, we just, we just want to have fun. Like I said, I've, I've never been at my house and thought to myself, oh, fuck, I don't want a podcast tonight. I've never felt like that. Right. Because we really love doing the show. And uh, I, I think that comes through the microphones. Yeah, it does. So, um, thanks for listening, Joe. Great to see you. You are, you are great on mic and you know your stuff and, uh, much appreciate you coming yeah, in and, and visiting us. Always You're welcome and, uh, anytime. All right. Well, well, wait a minute, Kyle. I didn't say that. <laughs> oh, <laughs> <laughs> all right. We're going to play out with uh, a big song that we didn't play. It's creep stone temple pilots. All right. Thank you, Kyle. Thank you, Joe.
Yeah. 